Listen, online breath work is where it is at. <laughs> Damn, it is juicy. It is incredible. I'm obsessed with it. I'm leading usually two groups a week right now and I don't know, five to 10 one-on-one sessions and it is explosive. Friends, what's up? Welcome back to the Breast Circle Podcast. This is the place where we explore the art and the science of breath work. We speak to experts in the field and talk about personal experiences from others as well as ourselves. We are Connie Bozowski and Phil Cohn. We're two curious humans on our journeys to becoming breathwork practitioners this year. And you can head on over to thebreathcircle.com to sign up for updates and also connect with us on Instagram at the breath circle. And on today's episode, my friends, we have Sarah Silverstein. She is a breathwork practitioner and facilitator from New York. And as they say, once a New Yorker, always a New Yorker. She has really fun and sassy vibes. And I just love her for that. She's been based in Bali for more than a year now which is also where I met her last year. Sarah trained with David Elliott and Erin Telfort, and she's also studied Reiki. And Sarah helped me get through the initial very, very raw stages of my breakup in November of last year. And then I basically attended all of her breath circles all over Chengdu in Bali. And eventually we became really great friends. And here we are today, and I'm super stoked to have her on our podcast, on the show. It was such a fun and awesome conversation. Wasn't it, Phil? Mm, Definitely, definitely. I also had the pleasure of meeting Sarah in Bali last November. We had a beautiful breath journey together with a few of my friends. And so in this episode, here are a few of the things we got into, guys. We spoke about the evolution of Sarah Silverstein going from this New York City hustler and drinker, party animal, corporate woman, heading straight for burnout and just not at all living her true self. And she evolved so much from there and, and is still just growing as a, as a human and as a breathwork practitioner now as her full-time practice, healing people and bringing breathwork to the world. And so along the way, we also got deep with Sarah and she opened up to us around uh, in a a really vulnerable and genuine way around some of her past traumas, some of the stories that she kind of had built in her head from growing up and and just living life in a very different world. And then how ultimately breathwork became the work that she does and, and really how that work helped her process through a lot of these past experiences and, and just what she shares with the world is, is so beautiful. We also dialogued around breathwork as a business and kind of the exchange of value that occurs with, with breathwork and the creative entrepreneur that emerged in Sarah as she grew her practice. And then finally, one of the other pieces was getting into how Sarah's practice has evolved during the COVID times and how online breathwork is fire right now. It's so juicy and it's just so exciting what Sarah's offering now in online breathwork. You can go and follow Sarah on Instagram at Sarah Silverstein or head on over to her website, sarahsil.com. It's Sarah 
without the H. And we'll also put all the links into the show notes, of course. And now enjoy the episode. Well, here we are, my dear friends. We've got Sarah on the Zoom line <laughs> and Phil's here too. Yo, Phil. Hello, hello. Hey, Sarah. Hi. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. And um, I guess, yeah, the first question that I'm curious to dive into with you is how did you get into breathwork? And uh, do you remember your first breathwork session? I was like working a lot. I'd thrown myself into my career. I was working on starting a nonprofit and doing all this like deep emotional work while also trying to keep my relationship alive. And I was like, I, mm -mm, no more things, no more hobbies. And then I had decided that I wanted to go to grad school. And the woman who was running the breathwork circles had gone to the same grad school that I wanted to go to. So I reached out to her on Instagram and I was like, hey, could we have a chat? And she was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, all right, cool. So I, I figured I would sign up for that. And I would have, I would like kill two birds with one stone. I could go. I could experience the breathwork thing. I could talk to this woman, figure out if I'm supposed to go to grad school or not. And that'll be great. So I went, I talked to her. I was like, check, check. Like I'm a checkbox kind of gal. So, so New like, York. Perfect. Check. I'm supposed to go to school. <laughs> Stop. I know. Uh, and so I was like, cool, I'm going to go to grad school. Excellent. And then I was like, oh. I have to do this meditation thing and just a little bit of a background. My partner of five years was a yoga teacher mm. and he had a really beautiful practice, a uh, beautiful life. And I just couldn't get into it. I tried doing everything. I've tried every style of meditation of yoga. And I was like, all right, let me get in on this. I helped start a yoga nonprofit and still nothing. I was uninterested. So the fact that I had signed up and I'd paid 55 US dollars to be in this group setting wow. in my suit from work and I sit down and it's like all of the beautiful flowing goddesses that you usually find in Bali. And I was like, oh, get me out of here. My skin immediately didn't fit. She went, she asked us a question. We went around in a circle and she was asking like, what drew you there that day? And I was having some like friend issues or some nonsense. And I was like, I don't know, working on relationships. And she was like, well, how's your relationship with yourself? And I was like, excuse you. Oh, I don't understand. And, and like, I was one of the only people to get a follow-up question. And I was like, I feel targeted right now. Um, I don't like this. So I immediately am on the defense. Right. And so, but she was like very kind and loving. I'm just psychotic sometimes. And so she continues going on. Everyone is sharing like their beautiful things. And I'm like, all right, cool. I don't fit in here. And I dragged a friend along with me. And she also like isn't into this spiritual hippie dippy realm at all. So I just kept looking at her for like reassurance. And she was like kind of all in. I was like, oh, uh-oh. And so we all laid down to do the breath work. And I had this lovely but very different woman than from me laying down next to me like going at it and she's like super deep breathing big emotions coming up out of her she eventually starts wailing so loud I'm laying there going is she okay is is this supposed to happen and then everyone else is yelling and crying and doing their thing and I was like this is definitely what people did in the 70s when they were high on drugs. And that's what's happening. And this is going to be a really great story for later. And I wanted to help this woman. I'm, I'm like a doer. So I wanted to like go and tend to her. And then um, I'm also very cheap. So I was like, I paid a lot of money to be here. So she can figure it out on her own. <laughs> and so then I was like, but I want to have that experience. And then I'm jealous, right? Then I'm comparing. And I, I'm getting nowhere. A lot of the, like, I've, I've not gone out of my mind yet. And I was like, 
meditation doesn't work for a gal like me is all I kept thinking. And then I was like, all right, but I'm also really not trying this breath at all. So if I give into a little bit more, maybe I'll start to feel something. So like a New Yorker, I threw my all into it and I got in deep, very, very fast. I was absolutely astonished. I started feeling like a whole bodily, like tingly sensation. I was like, Ooh, well, this is fun. And at this rate, I think I had been sober for seven years. And so I haven't felt high or drunk in a long time. And I was like, this feels great. What's happening? And then the next thing I knew, I, I started feeling tears come up in my eyeballs. And I was like, oh, excuse you. I'm again, very put together, not in touch with any of my emotions at this rate being like, mm no, no, you're not crying in a room of 30 people. That's not happening. And I kept going with the breath and everyone did this really big yell that scared me because I uh, didn't know how to use my voice properly. And I, I remember feeling very scared and I went inward. And then when I finally allowed my shoulders to collapse back on into the ground, I started breathing nice and deep into my chest. And that's when I started having visuals. And for me, I'm, I'm a gal who's had a life, right? Like I've gone through some stuff. And I've had this old narrative that it's me against the world. Mm. So when you think that for as long as you have and you fight for everything that you've got and you keep it very close and it's just chaotic in my mind and in my heart, um, it's, it's astonishing when you start to have visuals and you get to see how everyone has shown up for you and how this narrative that you've told yourself for a really long time maybe isn't true. Mm. And I just got to have so much compassion and love for the people in my life because I don't have a nuclear family, really. I have a father. That's it. And everyone else has kind of fallen to the wayside for one reason or another. But then other people have stepped up. So I've got to create this really beautiful family who have shown up. And I was like, oh, it's not me against the world. And I was so overwhelmed. Like tears are just fully streaming at this point. And I, I reached out my little paw for my friend because I was like, I need some love right now. I'm, I'm like a touch person. And I felt her hand reach into mine. I was like, oh my God, she knew. Thank you. And we just held super tight. And I then heard her crying. And I was like, oh, oh. that wasn't for me. She needed that too. And when I heard that and I could feel her, it was like electricity went from her arm up into mine, into my heart. And the way that I felt was so expansive that I didn't know a person like me could love that much. Mm. And so I just held her little paw and I reached out my other one for the other lady who I was judging before and we're fully connected, crying, breathing, having this experience. And we come out of it and I felt like, what the hell just happened to me? I don't understand. And uh, at all the questions afterwards are like really spiritually based, which is beautiful. But for someone who doesn't understand the lingo, I felt really less than and not a part of. And I didn't like being told that like I, I need to accept more love and have self-love didn't help me understand why I, I've held on to these beliefs for as long as I have or or why all these bodily things were happening. And I, I talked to my friend afterwards about her experience and it was totally different. And for me, I was like, I need to go back next week. And for her, she was like, mm, I'm good. Never yeah. again. And I don't, I mean, to my knowledge, she's not practiced again. And, and for me, I became really obsessive. So uh, two totally different experiences. We both really loved it. And I am a big nerd. So I really wanted to go down the rabbit hole. And that was my first experience. Wow. That sounds pretty epic. I love that. And so, so after that happened, you just kept on going back a lot. 
Yeah, I started going every Friday and I'm I'm a group kind of gal. I, I love bringing people together. It's like my superpower is connecting. And so I knew that other people needed to experience this. And what I loved from the first experience is realizing like my experience was different than my friends. So I knew that everyone else's would be too and they would get exactly what they needed if they gave in. So we all just started going. And by the end, there was like 15 of us going every Friday. And I also started doing privates with my teacher and anyone else who was a facilitator to really get a little bit deeper. Mm. Wow. And did you try out like different teachers or on that journey in the beginning or different? I tried heaps of humans and no one spoke to me the way that Aaron did. Mm. And I was like, oh, interesting. So that was pretty cool to experience and to understand that connections with people are something that I really depend upon mm -hmm. and that we all have our own flavor. Mm -hmm. So I like for me in this realm, like I don't believe in competition. I believe you're going to find the people that speak to your soul and will give you what you need. And usually it's the individuals who have gone through something similar that you have and they've gotten to the other side so they can help guide you. Mm. That's my favorite thing about breath work is no one's solving problems here. Like it truly, we're just guiding each other home with each and every breath. Mm. Uh, so I, I was going a lot and I was really enjoying it. And then when my teacher left, uh, everyone started to ask me not everyone that's a lie uh a few people asked me if I was going to go to training and and I was like no booked and busy again like nah nah all's all's well and then it kind of came to me in a quiet moment to sign up so uh at this rate you could take the the trainings out of order and David Elliott who is like the founder of this style was coming and he's doing healer training too so I was like, screw it. I'll sign up. I'll see what it's like. I'm willing to like light a few hundred dollars on fire for it. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. And to be honest, I hated the training. <laughs> I hated it. My partner for the weekend um, had done breathwork for the first time that Friday before. And then he is like a collector of trainings. And for me, I was like, this has profoundly changed my life. Um, so I don't understand. And I felt a bit offended. And I am a resentful kind of human. So I held on to that. And unfortunately for me, it hindered me from really experiencing the training as much as I could. But also like the intense human I am, I booked a client the Sunday evening after graduating from that first training. And uh, <laughs> I led her through an experience and she had a really deep and powerful ride. Um, she's had chronic pain for eight years and she had six minutes of relief during our session. And that's when I understood Uh, it, it has nothing to do with me. I'm not giving her anything. It's her. And she gave herself hope that she'd be able to cure this chronic disease in her body. And that was everything. And that's when I was really hooked. That's when I was like, okay, I'm going to do every training. I'm going to read all the books. I'm going to figure out what feels right for me. And I'm going to go for the gold. Wow. Mm. Damn. How has your practice changed? I mean, it's, it's interesting. You say it's not about me. It's about them, which, which I really agree with, but a lot of it is also taking care of yourself and evolving yourself to hold more space, to be more resilient. So, you know, talk us through that, that bit as well. Yeah. In breath work, I found that I had been trying to be, uh, the American dream. <laughs> I, I had been playing it small. I thought if I had the the relationship, the job, the apartment, the money in the bank that I'd be happy. And through breathwork, I realized um, I'm a wizard and I need to be a wizard. So uh, I realized I needed to leave New York. And when I was leaving, David Elliott said to me, um, go and tell everyone you're a healer. And I said, that's crazy. No, thank you. And instead, what I, did is I just, <laughs> instead what I did is I just talked about what I do. 
And I was really open with that. And I, I don't call myself a healer just because for me, it feels a little unattainable. And I, I want to be um, just another human, you know? And so people would listen and they'd be like, wait, what are you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, this thing. And they're like, can we try it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Tomorrow sounds good. And I was moving around every four days throughout Europe and having a pretty wild ride and leading lots and lots of people realizing that oh, I've got a really strong connection to this. And every time I was leading someone else through it, I realized just because of all the personal development I had done before doing this, I was able to help others. And I was just sharing very, quite frankly, in my own experience. And as someone who played it small, who didn't know how to use my voice for a long time, like it empowered me to realize that we're all here for a reason and we can all help someone else. And when I'm helping someone, I feel the most fulfilled. And that's just a beautiful thing that you, you can't purchase. Like it just, it happens in that special moment between individuals. And that was the game changer for me. Mm. I, I love how you walked us through that. And I think it's, it's interesting, you know, coming from New York and working in business and it, you know, it's all about career and, um, you know, being a healer, healer and career often are confusing. And, you know, when you tell somebody you're a healer, people say, well, you know, how are you making money or what's your business? And this whole idea of just value exchange with healers, I think is something that can be confusing to people. So I'm curious how you, you know, really grew this into your career, your work, your, your business. You know, how did you get clients? How did this really turn into your life? So uh, I started doing one-on-one -on -one sessions when I was in New York and I kept it really cheap because I didn't want spirituality to be unaffordable for anyone. I also held community group classes every Friday for $10 mm -hmm. and we built a community of people. It was sold out every week. It was really quite stunning. And from there, when I hit the road and I was traveling around, I no longer had my big corporate paycheck. Right. And I was really concerned about spending, but I also had to work on fixing my relationship with money and, and how I look at it. So that was really uh, a humbling journey. And while I was on the road, I was like, oh, I'll just do this for free. It's fine. It's fine. And then I was like, wait, no, like there's a powerful exchange that happens when people pay to have an experience. And I found that when people didn't pay, they didn't go as deep. So I, I really got to see the difference between, you know, investing in your own growth and then not um, and just giving something a wild ride. So when I came to Bali, I was at a cafe here talking about what I do per usual running my mouth and somebody re leaned over and they're like, Hey, we, we work at this gym. We'd love to have a breathwork group there. And I was like, me. And then next thing I know, I was on the phone with people in Australia talking numbers and logistics. And that's exactly what I used to do in my job job. But now I was advocating for myself and I was like, no, this is what it's going to be. And this is where I'm going to stand with it. And it ended up working out in my favor and it was awesome. And then somebody asked me after the group, um, how did you get a work visa so fast? And I said, huh? Uh-oh. <laughs> and I, I didn't have one. So I ceased working until I got one, which is a really hefty investment. And that's what really helped me see that the work that I do have to offer has a price tag. And just because I'm new at this doesn't mean that I need to play it small. Um, I started out with numbers, like my first like one-on-one, -on -one, I think was 50 bucks. And then I started like ramping it up as I had more experience and people just started coming. Um, once I got my, my work visa, I was just sitting at a cafe and this wonderful man named Chris, um, I was on a man band cause I have some sex and love issues that I had to work <laughs> through. And so I wasn't talking to men in public, uh, but 
I was at this restaurant and they started bumping DMX at like Sunday evening and I was laughing and I looked over and I saw that he had a wedding ring on. I was like, oh, you're safe. Okay, perfect. So I just started talking to him and he was like, so what do you do? And I was like, I'm a breathwork guide. And he showed me his phone. He had just sent his friend a text message saying we should find a new breathwork facilitator. And I said, hi, that's me. Here's my card. Book in a session. It'd be an honor to guide you. He was like, I'll book one for tomorrow. And the amount of times that I've heard that is absolutely ridiculous. And I was like, great. My friend had just sat down. I was like, see you tomorrow, Chris. Bye. And I went to my friend and before I left dinner, he had booked a session and I went the next day, led him through. He was ecstatic. He booked me the following day with his wife and his younger daughter. And when I came back for the second day, he was like, we had a dinner party and I told everyone about you and I gave them your contact information. And I was like, Oh oh my God, are are you a saint? What? Like what? (laughs) And that's how my business Uh. started here. And then uh, they're, they're pretty successful individuals. And again, for the imposter syndrome problem that I have, um, I felt that I didn't have any business, um, guiding people through when they're wildly successful because I felt that I wasn't. And what I realized is that we connected on an emotional level. And what I got to learn from them was, you know, business savvy ways of just going for what you want, Mm -hmm. advocating for yourself, you know, being like, no, 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 this is, this is a place I want to work at. This is who I want to work with and being very clear on that and then going for it. And if you're told no, cool, Mm. who cares? Keep it moving. So I've been on a pretty solid upward trajectory, which um, I usually shy away from talking about. But in the land of Bali, people are like, we're going to 10x your business. And if they're going to 10x my business, I want to see how they 10x theirs. And no one's willing to show me their bank account. And I'm willing because I'm crushing it. And I'm fine with saying that now because I have a really valuable service to offer. I believe in what I do. And people who want to work with me are naturally drawn to me. And it's absolutely incredible. It's Own your truth. That's freaking awesome. Totally. And also, I don't, I, I would be interested. I don't, I don't know if you guys are into astrology at all, but I, I am. And uh, I know for a fact that a place can definitely determine um, what flow you experience or not. <laughs> Because um, it seems like that you just you're in flow in Bali, like when it comes to your business and just, I mean, and New York and New York. Ah, interesting, both places, right? Or maybe when it's I go just back, you. You know, it's, it's just you're just in the flow because yeah. you're in alignment with your calling, right? And you're just doing it, and then things are easy, right? So you don't have to fight for it and, and make something. Hold on, they're not easy. They're not easy. <laughs> um, I think in in the realm of like. Um, working on getting clientele, sure. But like, I didn't plan on having this be a business, guys. Mm. I have no business skills. I I don't understand marketing. I don't understand social media. I just kind of go with the flow and try to figure it out. And then it's just a miracle that people are seemingly interested enough and want to work with me. Uh, I do have the gift of gab given to me from my parents. And I think something that's important, like as you speak is also listening and then asking really engaging questions. And then it's kind of hard to not want to work with someone when they realize that like, I'm invested in so many people. I love human connection. It's my favorite thing. And that's what the basis of this entire work is. So I'm very lucky. Like that's easy for me for sure. Business, no. (laughs) But for some reason it works, even though you might not be skilled at business or marketing or whatever, you know, that's what I mean. It like, when something's aligned and in the flow, then you don't need to have all the skills and you don't need to have done all the courses and whatever. It just works. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like it does. And like when I was still in Bali, like you were busy as fuck. Like you were doing your circle. You're like the one at Trangu Studio was packed, right? Like all the time. 
And then, and it was really hard to get a hold of you and like meet you for coffee because you're just like cruising, like not cruising, but like just going from A to B and meeting clients and this and that. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I was just so happy to see that and, and how that was working out for you in Bali. I want to just um, shift gears a little bit before we come back to working with clients again. I want to shift gears back to your own practice and also how breath work, how did it help you move through personal stuff and challenges or old trauma and stories or what were like the big main things that breath work kind of how how it impacted you in your life? They're kind of heavy. Is that okay? Sure. We're all about it. Okay. Phil's nodding. Um, all right. So the the relationship that I was talking about that originally got me into the whole like healing land, uh, I was doing a breathwork circle and I, I was breathing and this this narrative kept replaying in my head like a broken record was that my wants and needs weren't being met. My wants and needs weren't being met. And then I was like, I don't even know what a want or a need is. I've been working for others and serving others for so long. I was so disconnected. Um, I didn't understand and it just kept playing. Then I went home and I wanted to share with my partner and he was like, no, I don't want to hear it. And I was like, "Uh, oh, that's a need I have right now. And then I started to see in my relationship how that had continually come up and how I felt stifled and not heard. So I was like, oh, (laughs) two weeks after that, we broke up Mm. and that was a five year long relationship. And that was pretty intense. Mm. Uh, But I needed to get rid of that. So I can make room to continue to go deeper. And unfortunately, in my experience, what I've realized is that we can pack things for a long time. And luckily for me, I've got to go backwards and, you know, slowly take them out and take a look at them. So that happened. The next one I did was um, a specialized breath work on relationships and sex. And I got to see that uh, there are core few relationships in my life with my brother and with my mother that were not cultivated. There was a lot of conditional loving in my household. And at that rate, my mother had cut me out of her life for a year. And I just kept seeing all of these ways that she had actually not shown up for me in my childhood. And I had to sit with that in breath work and I had to sit with it and it felt like a rock on my chest. And I was like, oh, and it goes back to the little girl in me who needed love mm-hmm. and who still thinks that she's undeserving of love, which is why I settle in relationships. Mm-hmm. But breathwork was the first thing that worked. Mm. And it was the first thing that I felt actually relieved me from, you know, the, the excess weight that I was carrying around from room to room, relationship to relationship, like everything. Like it, my body was heavy and it was just too much. So I've slowly just started to take these things up and out and take a look at them. And I don't believe breathwork is the be all end all. I believe that it is a part of my my like toolkit, my healing toolkit. And it's something that has really been remarkable to shine a light on some of those really dark, unsavory areas. And it's given me the ability to speak about it now. So I can connect in with a lot of other people and be like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Mm. And before I would keep a lot of those close and be like, man, I'm like, now I'm a put together woman. Don't you see? Like, I'm blonde, successful and living in Bali, you know, mm. but it's like, no, no, no. Like I've had an insane past. And that's made me who I am. And the fact that I'm still alive and I, I have the ability to find happiness with ease now is such a gift. Wow, that's huge. And I mean, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I've, you know, experienced, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the same stuff. And it's been like just really intense, a lot of these sessions. But, you know, I also feel like as we go through these really dark uh, times and also as we do the work, um, and really go deep inside of us through breath work and, you know, lots of other things. I feel like it, you know, it makes 
you and us um, better, you know, healers or whatever you want to call it, right? Or, or you know, having um, actually a better ability to help others because, like they say, you can't take people to places you've never been. But if you've been to a lot of these places, you can take other people there, and right, and you can support them on their journey in a way that many people, other people might not because they've never experienced that, right? Um, So I I always love working with, let it be coaches or healers or any sort of facilitators and practitioners that where I know they've gone through their share of shit and they can relate relate to the shit that I'm going through, you know? Um, Definitely. Well, I think that's what bonded us too is like we both were going through breakups, right? Yeah, at the time. And both of our hearts hurt. Yeah, it was so nuts. And I was like, wait, shoot, I relate. And like, I try not to ever make a session about me, right? But I was like, oh, like, we are we are in the same boat currently yeah. right now, yeah. which was kind of like nice to be like, oh, like right, we're never as alone as we think that we are. Yes. And that's huge. Mm. It's interesting. A lot of people get to breath work after trying so many things. Like after this didn't work, this didn't, things got so dark. Like it, and and then we discover this amazing thing, breath work that we never knew about, right? And it's like I, I personally wish um, I could have discovered it earlier. Like I wish I had discovered this when I was 10 years old so I could be this much happier and there's a part of just the journey of life and challenges and things that just are the way they are and um, I, I feel extra kind of motivated to, to try to take these teachings and bring them to more people and hope that you know that recognizing that people have to live their own journeys and face their own challenges I still think there is an ability to bring this to more people and, and hopefully save a few people along the way or help a few people that wouldn't have normally found this. And it's so amazing to hear your, your story, Sarah, and mm. thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for sharing all that. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, and also I think there's something to be said that like we, we end up finding things when we need it. Mm. Cause if somebody had told me years prior that I should try breath work, I would have laughed in their face. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, we, we find it when we're at that point and we're actually open enough yeah. to do it. Cause like, I have plenty of clients who are like 13 and 14 years old and I'm like, shit, I'm so jealous. Mm. But I'm like, right. If, if somebody had approached me, then I would have been like, mm, mm. nah, nah, we good. Mm. Yeah, totally. And it, it, the things come into our lives and we are open to them whenever we're ready, right? Like, we can, just can't force that shit. Like, I grew up with a spiritual mother, but it took me until I had to go through my first really heart-wrenching breakup at 20, I don't even remember, seven or eight, that I opened up to the idea of spirituality and that, you know, and and the suffering in Buddhism and meditation, like all that sort of, but before that, I was like, fuck that shit. I don't want to be identified with, you know, I ain't wearing fucking yoga pants. <laughs> Those ain't my people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really embarrassed to wear like yoga pants. I remember the first couple of years when I went to yoga. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. When, when spandex became a pro, like I could wear that outside of the house. I was like, yes, honey, here we are. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just had a big issue around my feminine, you know, my femininity and like my more, more um, feminine side and expressing myself through that and wearing yoga pants to me was just, <laughs> you know, over the edge. Anyway, I, I overcame that, you know. I've embraced my feminine side and my feminine energies and Yay. can wear yoga pants all day everywhere. Um <laughs> So um, how has your practice evolved over the years? And like, how do you practice breathwork these days? Like, is, is there, do you, do you still do it regularly or how, how does that look? So 
when I started, I couldn't do a traditional seated meditation. Like my brain would not shut up. So I'm now to the point where it's pretty easy for me to get there. So I do a lot more seated meditation than breath work. Um, I've kind of like sifted through the heavy stuff, but I'll try to do a full practice at least once a month. And I have so many friends in New York who are leading. So it's so great that I get to connect Mm. in with them. And I also get to support them, supporting artists and other, you know, practitioners has always been the backbone of how I feel that like we all make it by. So I love doing that. Um, so yeah, maybe once a month, I'll try to do that. I'll do a shorter one, maybe like seven to 12 minutes just to kind of get some gunk moving up and out. Uh, but otherwise I I went pretty hard for about a year and a half and it's like an additional year and a half after that. And I feel pretty good. Um, my teacher came for the course, so she's got like recordings online that I'll do every now and then. And that keeps me in check. But otherwise, like I talk about this all day. I breathe with people almost every day. Mm. So it's like, I'm constantly in it and taking a look at it. And I'm like, oh, right. Okay. This is what needs to be addressed now. And I get a lot of um, intel through journaling Mm. and just through connecting and be like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is what this is. I'm not confused as to where the trauma is anymore. Mm. It's just very clear. Mm. Got it. But the journey and the work obviously continues for all of us. Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. The work is different now. Right. Like, the work changes and, you know, the big deep breath work sessions worked really well for me. And now it's like, I'm into back into inner child stuff right now. And I'm like, Oh, here we go again. Okay. Sure. sure. I know. I have my conversations. Anxious with my attachment. Child. Yeah. No. <laughs> I know. Uh, the, the inner child's funny, Sarah. I listened to one of your previous episodes where you talked about that. And I had this too, where people have said, what about your inner child? And I'm like, Nope. Sorry, that's not me. Like, I don't even, you know, no woo-woo inner child stuff. And it took me probably 10 attempts to actually, like, pay attention to somebody trying to uh-huh. go there. And it, you have to go there to, to do the work. It's yeah. You have yeah, to. I mean, and the same woman who got me into breath work was the first person to get me to do a guided inner child meditation. And my sarcastic ass decided to do it on the subway in New York. And then before I know it, I'm crying on the swing set with little eight-year-old me and my mind's eye and I'm losing it. And I was like, God damn it, Dana, <laughs> right again. Uh, good stuff. But yeah, in a child, I, I also <clears throat> had a big resistance to it back then when I, when my therapist at the time wanted to get me into it. I'm just like, I can't, I can't connect to it. I don't know where it is. I don't know what, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I tried and I'm I not pretended, a child anymore. Yeah, I, I pretended, but it didn't yeah. feel good. I just felt silly and embarrassed and like, blah. And it took me a long time. And and now, now I'm totally cool with it. Like actually breath work for me opens up my inner child, like full on, like that connection and the way that I then speak to my inner child. Like it's, I do a lot of that stuff doing breath work. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we often relate like breathwork or inner child stuff into like silly kind of things to do, but like, were we ever more joyous when we were being a silly child? Playful, adventurous. Like Like, there's so many positive words around it, right? Let it flow. Be silly. Like how often do we allow ourselves to be silly? Exactly. Fuck. Yeah. So put together all the time. Like Mm. with this previous partner that I just had, like we just laughed so much together. And I was like, I'm able to be that little like 11 year old me who needed to laugh really hard. Mm. And it's nice that I get to experience it now. So like, so grateful for all the gifts you get from the people that come in and out of your life. Mm. Bless them. Totally. And it's total freedom. And I think that's kind of an interesting segue. One of the other areas um, I wanted to explore with you, Sarah, is just the one-on-one versus circles, you know, is kind of an interesting, like, and I think some of our listeners, um, at least 
you know, pe- people who I've talked to about breathwork, they're like, should I do a one-on-one? Should I do a circle? I'm like, you should do all of it. But, you know, how do you help people understand the differences and kind of when one is better than the other, how they're, you know, just how to navigate those options? So for me, I usually suggest that people do a group one first, just so they can feel safe with other people making large sounds around them. So they can drone out if they want, or they can go really hard and then they just get an understanding of what that's like. Um, group energy is absolutely incredible. It's very easy to pick up on somebody else's if you're an empath. It's very um, easy to fall out and not really go as deep as you'd like to because it, you have the luxury of other people needing, you know, the facilitator's attention. Uh, so I think that's always fun. And you just kind of get like, you get to dip your toe in. And then if, once you do a one-on-one, they're so intense, like they're so much deeper. Um, the way that I do them now has changed a lot more too. Like I've gotten a lot better at asking questions and, you know, kind of probing into those areas where people are less comfortable. And I've realized like that's kind of another superpower of mine is like getting down to the nitty gritty. Cause I don't believe in doing breath work for a hundred years. Like why? Like, nah, people are like, how often should I do this? I was like, you should do it when you feel the resistance. And also like when your body tells you that it's time. Um, but like, I don't want to see someone once a week for six or nine or a year. Like, no, 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 that seems silly. So I like to really get in there nice and deep from the get go. And like, I let people know I'm quick and dirty. You're not going to sit there for hours on end with me. Like, we're going to get into it. You're going to feel a lot. I'm going to hold you like a little baby and it's going to be great. And I'm always here because we're always connected. But like when you do a one-on-one, you have to like get ready to get messy. Mm-hmm. And you do go all and, in. And I have right no away. problem. Like with the questions <laughs> right? that you yeah. ask, I'm just like, oop, there we go. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's awesome. But then also after you've done that, like it's easier to go back into the group setting and like see like what else needs to be discovered. And like you might pair up with someone beforehand and they may say something that triggers you into another realm that you didn't even think you needed to take a look at. Like I didn't think I needed to take a look at my relationship with my brother who I had no relationship with, mm-hmm. even though it was killing my male sexual relationships. What? Yes. <laughs> like I wouldn't have noticed that if had I not gone to that one group breath work. Mm. And I'm so grateful that I did because mm. I left that and I called him and I said, I love you. Wow. And it felt so nice and freeing. So there's the benefits for both, definitely. But if you've got a lot and you've gone through a lot, get into some one on ones, mm. get nice and messy and do it with someone that makes you feel safe, supported, secured and loved. Yeah. And if you don't walk out. Yeah, I want to, I just want to briefly, like a side question here, just out of pure personal interest. (laughs) So because you're just mentioning your relationship with your brother, do you feel like that the relationships that we have with our siblings have an influence on our romantic relationships? 900% yes. (laughs) People are like, ah, daddy issues, did it. Listen, I was birthed to the most amazing father ever. I do not have daddy issues, but I certainly have brother issues. Mm -hmm. My brother's 19 years older than me, gave me a huge complex, was in the military, was never around. He came home, gave me a little bit of attention. I would hang on that Mm -hmm. for eons and I'd have to wait until he came back. And guess what? Do the same thing in my sexual relationships now. And it's disgusting. Yeah, you know, I settle for crumbs because yeah. I'm like, that's enough. Yeah. I know how to get by with just a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. nah, nah, give yeah. me the whole damn cake. Yeah, because I also I was looking into the relationship with my mother for years, you know, and, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't I don't understand. And then also like codependency issues and whatnot. And then eventually I did uh, plant medicine with my shaman in Ecuador. And during like, I think it must have been the first ceremony um, he established with me that I had basically been dating my sister 
and other women, obviously, but uh, th- that all the women I've been dating up until that point were representing the relationship I had with my sister. And then suddenly everything, like the fireworks went off. <laughs> so, um, so anyway. Isn't that rude? That is, I, but I, had, I never met anyone who, who's had issues like that, you know, their siblings and also played that then out in their relationship. So I think we might have to have a deeper conversation about that at some point. But anyway, moving I on. I love that. Well, also people <laughs> don't talk about it, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's another thing. Yes. It's like, it so frequently goes back to the parental unit mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, no, like there's more than just that in your household exactly. and there's more than just that that will affect yeah. you. So also like if it's not your sibling and maybe if something from like your school, like mm-hmm. your elementary school or something, and it's like everything needs to be kind of like looked at yeah. and dissected for a moment to figure out like where did these core ideas come from mm-hmm. what are these limiting beliefs especially if you're keeping like you're doing the same things over and over again in your romantic relationships and exactly. that's my favorite thing to go through with breath work oh yeah <laughs> awesome um well it's um it's it's interesting sarah i mean a lot of what you're describing is is very much an in-person holding space for people thing right i mean creating security, holding space, really being able to tune in. I mean, it goes without saying it's a lot easier to do in person. So, you know, what, what is the April 2020 Sarah breathworker situation looking like now, given that most of us, I mean, Bali is a little bit different right now, but most of us can't be, you know, in person doing breathwork. And I know you were mainly offline before all of this happened. So, yeah, what what's going on now? Listen, Online breath work is where it is at. <laughs> Damn, it is juicy. It is incredible. I'm obsessed with it. I'm leading usually two groups a week right now and I don't know, five to 10 one-on-one sessions and it is explosive. I shied away from it for so long because I, I was doing virtual groups when I was traveling around Europe and then I got to Bali and I went to go host my first virtual session and as Bali does the Wi-Fi cut out and I said I'm gonna have to die oh no (laughs) and I had to email 20 people and tell them like hey sorry no Wi-Fi and then I didn't do it for a whole other year and my friend Danielle was supposed to chime in for the one that got canceled and she was in Barcelona and then she she was here and she was leaving she was back in Bali and she was leaving to go back to Barcelona and she was like hey do another breath work and I was like nah 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 no, remember what happened last time? And she was like, great, so you're going to do it. And for whatever reason, I said yes. And I'm so grateful that I did. So I held my first one on the spring equinox. So it was like late March. And then the world ended. And then <laughs> jokes on me, I had to bring everything online. And I had to, you know, adapt. And I spent, so we have Nippy, which is silent day here. And we had a second day of Nippy without them telling us. Really? And so I threw myself into my work. I threw it into bringing it online, figuring out how it could be useful, looking at old testimonials from individuals and realizing that one of the first things they say is that it's just as palpable, that they feel like I'm still there with them. And I love words. So I, I sat down and I thought, what will make people feel as if I'm in the room with them? And I figured it out. Oh. <laughs> uh. Amazing. I, I, I attended one of yours uh, a few weeks ago, one of your online sessions. How was it? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I love doing online sessions and it's just, yeah, it's fun. Like I, I'm just so grateful that, you know, we have this opportunity during what's going on right now to be able to do these breathwork sessions online. Yeah. It's incredible. And to connect with people all throughout the world, mm-hmm. like what a gift for people. And especially me, like there's no one here anymore. So I feel really alone. Um, and being able to connect with people that were here on holiday and then they went home and just having that strong connection and realizing like, again, like we're not as alone as we think we are. 
Mm. Yeah, I was told by one of my early breathwork teachers that breathwork cannot be done online. There's no way. And I was like, okay, cool. That makes sense. That's a story. I'm just bummed. I'm kind of sad about it. And then I met Connie and she was like, hey, have you checked out Michael Stone's online breathwork? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And there were 700 and something people on a few Sundays last month. And I mean, it's like, wow, like the energy and the connection. We are not alone. And we're really not alone on, you know, a call with that many people. And there's so many breath circles happening online that a lot of people don't know about. And I agree with you, Sarah. It's the thing. It's so cool. Mm, and yeah. It's just well, now- that's the thing is like people have a lot of opinions, right? And like I just pay attention to who I'm seeking opinions from. And many people have told me that I shouldn't do what I'm doing. And there's lots of things flowing around. And guess what? I have never cared what people thought. I'm not going to start, especially if the world is ending. I'm going to help as many individuals as possible. I will go over all of the safety guidelines. I will give you everything that I can to make sure that this is a safe and wild ride for you. Mm. And and that's it, you know, but like at the end of the day, we take full control over ourselves. And if something terrible were to happen in a group session, how much more could I do even if it was virtual? Mm. Yeah, so true. Mm. I'm not God. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Well, I'm also, well, interesting. also looking forward oh. to oh, like sessions in Bali again. Like, I mean, you know, I would, I would probably say I get out of an online session, I'll probably get, I don't know, I don't know the percentage, but like it, the experience is very close to the real thing offline. But obviously there is that in-person thing missing where you can like hug people afterwards or like have these like, I don't know. So, um, but in the meantime, yeah, I think that's great. And also I was also doing uh, online sessions while I was also attending offline sessions, actually. So I just, cause there's something also about being able to just be at home in your own bed, you know, <laughs> like yeah. not having to go anywhere. So definitely. Mm. And just on, on that note, Sarah, it's, it's super interesting. You talk about the world ending and it's like, um, you know, I think a few months ago, the evolution of breath work definitely wouldn't be as quick as it is now because people are realizing, wow, breathwork really can be done online. And now I'm seeing in the news, hey, breathwork helps prevent coronavirus because it increases lung capacity. So in some ways, like, and I've noticed some of the keyword searches are going up for breathing techniques and things. And so it's super interesting. Like it's kind of in some ways a breathworker's dream what's happening because it's like, wow, teachings are getting spread to the world. So can you just spend a sec um, sharing your views of how breathwork you see breathwork evolving in the future and kind of what, what lies ahead for us? Yeah. Listen, I've never been ahead of the curve ever in my life. So the fact that this has happened, <laughs> thank you, honey. Uh, I, I couldn't have ever imagined that it would have blown up in the way that it did. Like when I first started teaching in Bali, people were like breathwork, I know how to breathe. And I was like, this is like the spiritual humans. Like, what do you mean? So the fact that now like I'm being interviewed for magazines. I'm being included in like corporate wellness. I'm like, oh my God, like this has the capacity to help so many individuals. And how lucky am I that I get to, you know, fill in that little bit of a hole for right now. So I don't know where it's going to go as it continues to expand, but I certainly think that it can only be wonderful as long as people are working with individuals who have been trained and who have taken the time to look at their stuff and who continue to do uh, more education and connecting in with other people and don't be a messiah, just be another human amongst humans trying to help out. And I think we can do a lot of good and you can definitely, you know, strengthen your immune system, get some old trauma up and out of you, become lighter, happier, healthier people. Like, what a win Mm, awesome yeah i feel like it's on the trajectory of like becoming the new meditation then whatever you want to call it but 
you know, where like yoga was 20 or 30 years ago and meditation was maybe 10 years ago. Now we have got breath work and I think it's it's here to stay and to just, yeah, I, I'm just super happy because it's helped me so much. Um, and thanks to you in so many ways as well. And uh, can't wait to reunite in Bali. And so um, what in the meantime, like what are, so you, you're currently guiding two uh, circle sessions uh, a week online. Um, how can people find out about that? And you also offer one-on-ones currently online as well. I do. I do. I have so many things going on. It's very exciting. Uh, so if you want to keep up to date on anything that I'm doing, you can go check out my website, which I'm sure you guys will tag, but it's sarasil.com. Uh, and I have, I'm doing like these weekly dives into certain like topics right now and connecting everyone with like worksheets and Facebook things. And it's been super sweet to get like nice and deep in that. Uh, I also host uh, specifics like breath sexual dyes with my uh, sexologist friend, mm. Kristen. Uh, she's in Australia. So we've got our first one of breathgasm coming up and like breathing into your own sexuality and removing those blocks. Tell me, which is tell super me about fun. that for a second. I'm curious. What's that Ooh, about? I'm so excited. I'm such like, I've been a sex positive being for as long as I can remember. Um, however, I found porn like really young. And so I learned how to mimic what I was watching, not even understanding that they were faking too. So then um, I had like no real sexual experience until I was 30. I faked everything. I didn't understand what I was interested in. Yeah. Uh, it was very wild. And then I started teaching breath work and then people were having orgasms in my class. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, I'm sorry. You know what I can do. <laughs> Just kidding. It's them. Um, but like our breath is so powerful and like being able to send it nice and deep and understanding that everything is connected and that if you use, you know, your breath and all the muscles in your pelvic floor and you get that flowing, you can have an like a no touch euphoric orgasm in a room of 30 by yourself with your partner. I struggled to get off with my partners for a long time. Not a problem anymore. Did a whole bunch of research into that certain breath techniques. So we'll, we're going to be guiding. I think we have 45 women signed up so far wow. and I cannot wait to help them expand. And also just talking more about sexuality and the fact that like, it's not as easy as people think. And that pleasure is also okay without an orgasm and getting more in touch with your body and what you need. And, asking for your wants and needs like what I heard in one of my first breathwork sessions like it's all important so just starting up like that kind of dialogue and getting that flowing mm. and like allowing people to feel safe enough in that container in the comfort of their own homes like you don't have to have your computer screen on like it can just be you being like this is weird um, but also taking away nuggets of knowledge to help your your life expand mm, I love that I wonder why I haven't why haven't yeah. I signed up <laughs> why, why? I don't girl I don't know I think we have like five spots left right. it's so exciting I'm, I'm gonna check that one out <laughs> um probably maybe because I've been like really on like, a, you know, being single and going through a breakup and I've just been really separated from like my own sexuality. Would you would you say that that oh. would maybe help to connect me back to my... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we are very different. Like you go the other way and I'm just like, who can I have sex with right now? Um, I like that human connection, like bring that back alive, help me feel not dead inside. Mm. Uh, but also like if you are detached from that, like for sure that can spice that back up. One of my favorite clients that I worked with for, I think around six months, um, she just wasn't having sex with her husband and felt really detached from her sexuality. So we, we did a lot of work around that and things have changed so much mm. and she had a lot of resistance into going there, but then we did and it was so beautiful. So yeah, for sure. If you want to get like, listen, 
it's up to you, obviously. Uh, but if you want to like get back into that and, you know, start to experience it, like some sensations just with you, I mean, it is the pandemic. So none of us are really doing a lot of face to face dating. Um, I think it's a great time to really kind of check back in and see like, Oh, well, what does feel right for me now? Especially if you haven't done that in a while, like what does pleasure feel like for you? What is, what are the sensations that like, I don't know, it's for me, like what I want as 33 is different from when I was 25. Mm -hmm. And so like just checking in with that and taking time with that and understanding like your own pussy, like mm. there's just so much, wow. there's so much. I love it's it. I love the I passion that you got going on around that topic. Listen, I found my little niche. It's great. <laughs> Keep me with the freaks who are afraid to talk about sex. I got you again. Like I have no problem being vulnerable. Sweet. Let's get down in dirty. Sweet. I love it. What a great way to end this podcast. <laughs> Phil, what do you say? <laughs> I, listen, here's the thing, guys. I know I'm on a podcast right now, but I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. Like, I'm, I we'll will cut definitely this part be out. Fiona Apple. Once we get off this call, I'll probably never listen to this. I don't listen to my own. Um, I, I, I went to one of their shows recently. That's why I got dragged to one of their shows. So that's that's why I'm okay. asking. All right. Was, well, listen, you can funny. send it. Send it to me. No, we are no. friends. I might listen to it. It may take me six months, but I'll go back and be like, oh, my God, Bill, why did I sleep? Nah. I'm more excited I'm about sharing Rosie that. with you. They're super, super cool, and they're they're oh my they're God, trying to take of, this whole all of the women's health, women's intimacy, like super cool. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that separately. There, I'm so excited. <laughs> Look at podcasts have positive things, right? We get connected. <laughs> Wonderful, so juicy. So, oh, Sarah, so great. Friends, yeah, go on over to sarahsill.com. Hang out with her on Instagram. And uh, check out one of her circles online or offline in Bali, hopefully again soon as well. And thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. It's been wonderful. Mm, thank you guys so much. I appreciate this platform and this opportunity to talk about it. And yeah, listener, if you need anything, slide in my DMs. Having chats on Instagram is the highlight of my life as I'm isolated here. <laughs> so uh, no question is too silly. And if you've got fear-based stuff, hi, I'm here for you and I love you. Mm -hmm.